This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me, as always, my man, Cody. How are you doing tonight, my friend? It's been, a, it's been a rough couple of weeks. I've been kind of a little bit out of the fantasy circles, but we are dived all the way back in to get us started for this week eight into week nine week. And a trade deadline is, I think, kind of the biggest news of what we've got coming up here as we're recording, as y'all are listening to this today. It is the NFL trade deadline. Hopefully it's not your fantasy football trade deadline. I saw a couple people asking <laughs> if we had the same trade deadline. No. One, you probably shouldn't have a trade deadline at all. And if you do, hopefully it's like the week of playoffs starting. So uh, excited for NFL trade deadline. I don't think we're going to get really b- any big fireworks. We've already had a couple of things get shut down, like a Derrick Henry trade already got vetoed by the owner of the Titans, reportedly, sources say. I don't think that one's actually fully confirmed, but it sounds like something that the organization would do yeah it's it, it, it definitely does <laughs> you know anything they can do to, to hold on to Derrick Henry for any longer you know sure go right on ahead but yeah I mean the NFL trade deadline is here lots of rumors I do think we're going to see more defensive things or smaller pieces as we've already seen um, with with Leonard Williams getting traded today uh, I guess yesterday as you're listening to this so there are going to be those defensive players on the move you know Daniel Hunter has been one that's been t- uh, talked about quite a bit but I, I know the fantasy circles I want to see Kyler Murray get traded to the Vikings they want to see you know uh, where where can Devontae Adams go so we're going to talk a little bit about some of these trade possibilities um, as we go through uh, but there's been so much that's happened over the past I guess 48 hours, really. I guess if you want to include Thursday, last few days, but this entire week has been a just wild week of football. Uh, lots of injuries, lots of lots of things kind of shifting in the in the NFL landscape. Uh, but before we dive in, I just want to make sure that we do shout out everything that's going on here at Destination Debbie. So make sure you do check out destinationdebbie.com. Again, Destination Debbie is hands down the best place to be for your fantasy life. And so make sure you do tap in there. Uh, tons of great tools. We have dropped the tr- the Trinity tool, to, which is going to change how you look at wide receivers forever. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the different things that go into making a good wide receiver and uh, a successful wide receiver in the NFL and in fantasy. And it has been narrowed down to this tool. Uh, have to check it out. And of course, everything going on here on Destination Debbie Radio from the waiver pod, which you can check out later today from Ike. We have. Uh, obviously Jeff Mueller, he's going to be breaking down all of the injuries from the week. Scott, he's going to be dropping, you know, uh, I believe his episode dropped yesterday uh, and he's going to be teaming up with, uh, with Shane this week as well for, for manic and chill. Uh, we have everything going on. We have, you know, De- the Debbie guys on, on the Saturday, I believe that drops just so much stuff is happening right now. Content galore is, is just being dropped out at, at destination Debbie. And for one more day, if you all listen to this the day that drops, that Trinity tool is able to be accessed for free just to give you a little bit of insight to it. So make sure you go check that out. And it's a thing that's going to be an active, leaving, breathing 
tool. It's not just a report of data. It is something that you can actually use to kind of evaluate the trade market and figure out where you want to make moves and potential. It is a fantastic thing that Jordan Backus and Ray have created over the last couple of months. So big shout out to them. Go check it out and then, you know, sign up so you can use it for the the remainder of the year as well. (laughs) And also check out a uh, Dynasty Waiver Wire article that dropped today from yours truly as well. And so you can hear about the uh, bust first round wide receiver that is somehow potentially going back on rosters this week. We're adding to Keel Harry. Is that, is that who you want? To no, say? not that one, but it's about the same. Oh, okay. Okay. About same, the same. same guy. Definitely tap in to check it out. Uh, so again, destination for, for all of that. And then again, you can find us on Twitter at trophy chase TFDR and at Cody Smith TFDR. So make sure you give us a follow as well, but yes, got a lot to dive into on this slate here. I mean, and I, I think we have to start off with some quarterback talk um for a, a true deep dive into some some theory about this for fantasy you know do tap into what scott dropped on monday uh did the first half of his show was, was talking about any quarterback on a 53 and i know you've been a big proponent of of high leverage backup quarterbacks and that's been something that you've always had uh fun kind of accumulating and then trying to you know acquire draft capital from there uh, again it's a it's a small part of it but can it can give you a big profit throughout the season so this is like your week, right? Like this is just a week that kind of feels like capitalizing on all of those opportunities. Yeah. And it's taking it to, I think it's just taking it a step further. I'm not going to get into the full, you know, the roster construction of any QB on a 53 or at least any starting startable QB on a 53 that's in line to start. Uh, Scott does a better job with that yesterday and we have things to overreact to today, but it was it was the week of it, man. I mean, there's four quarterbacks on a waiver wire article this week, probably five because there's two from one team that we'll get into. A lot of these quarterbacks are, I mean, we're probably going to have almost close to, if not more than 60 quarterbacks make a start for an NFL team this year. And there's only 32 teams. So obviously these guys are missing games. And in super flex leagues, which is all that, you know, you should be playing. I've got one one QB out there still that's you know, my first league and it has a little special place in my heart. But most of us play in super flex leagues now. And so if you are taking that strategy, especially in lineup leagues, I think it's a I think it's kind of the next movement from any RB on a 53 to any quarterback that could see starting work. Uh, it's it's a lot further than what I had originally started off with of just trying to take the high leverage ones and trying to hit on those, but really say, hey. It could be any of these guys. We're going to see Clayton Toon probably make a start next week, and we all wrote him off for dead. I mean, just absolutely random stuff can get any of these guys to see starting snaps and starting roles. And if they do, we know how the game is played and how a valuable quarterback is. Uh, there's no there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to actively day trade quarterbacks in this new age dynasty game that we play wherever it's week to week and instead of year to year or even month to month as it's been in the past so uh, I, I i do think that there is a lot of quarterback talk today obviously with all the injuries that we saw get accumulated and it kind of just leads into the narrative and kind of the theory talk that we've been talking about of this qb back, taking backups and trying to pick them up flip them or put them in your starting lineup as well Absolutely. So let's just kick things off here with the biggest injury of the weekend and, and, you know, uh, the most impactful for probably fantasy rosters um, and and the trickle down effect here. And that's gonna be Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. Um, You know, he he did have a very good game before that did happen. 23 of 31, 274, two touchdowns, what you kind of expect out of a Kirk Cousins, uh, a very Kirk Cousins performance. 
unfortunately uh, went down with the Achilles. Jaron Hall comes in. He went three for four for 23 yards. Not quite the same. Uh, somehow, some way, somehow this team has four wins. So, you know, they did end up beating the Packers in this game, which does hurt the draft stock. But it seems like this is going to be a Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins when he's healthy again. Like, I, where are you at right now with the the quarterback to own in Minnesota, or is it kind of like a pick, try pick your poison, just take one, whichever one you can get, and hope he hits? Yeah, right now you you only have Jaron Hall and Sean Mannion is the one on the practice squad that they could actually <laughs> yeah. elevate, but Mullins is still on IR until Week Ten, so he definitely he can't not be the starter for Week Nine with his back injury that landed him on IR. So I do believe that it's going to be Jaron Hall in week nine. And I think that's kind of his prove it game. Like, can you, does, do you actually have what it takes to show out that you can be an NFL quarterback or at least serviceable and try to get us a couple wins? It, unfortunately for the Vikings, as they, you know, started out and everybody was panicked that they were going to get Caleb Williams because they were so bad. And now they're four and four. It's kind of this, it's kind of a bad timing for this yeah. to happen. Both for, I mean, everybody, obviously, you feel for Kirk Cousins the most because he was probably going to be up for another really big payday, uh, probably going to get, you know, another two or three fully guaranteed deal as he somehow is able to do every time he's up. But that's not going to happen anymore. At least we we wouldn't think that it's going to happen coming off of this Achilles injury. So it's interesting. Uh, week to week, I'm going to say it's Jaron Hall, but I'm picking up Nick Mullins as well. Sean Mannion's the one that I just, like, do not care about. Um if somebody else wants to pick him up on speculation, I think he could actually be the starter over Jaron Hall this next week coming up. Maybe, but I, I would say they at least probably will try to figure out what the rookie has for them. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he'd be the top priority for the team. Uh, I think both are probably worth an ad, at least for the next few weeks, to see what happens. Um, for Kirk Cousins, though, for for dyn- dynasty's sake, for fantasy, obviously he's done for the year. He's there's no there's no Aaron Rodgers quick return. Uh, hopefully he can return by the end of the year. We are midway through the season. That's a wrap. But I'm I'm interested in acquiring Kirk Cousins. Um, I definitely am. I think it's team specific and really what I'm trying to do. And I think it also depends on on where that Cousins manager was. Some of the talk and conversation is a lot of the times this Kirk Cousins owner uh, was a contender. Or, or had plans to be a contender. And so now they're missing what may have been QB1 or QB2 on their team. How can you replace that for them? So I am very interested in buying. I'll kind of go into some theory here as well. But like, where are you at with Kirk Cousins? Are you buying? Are you selling? Like, what's your pivot right now? What do you think he's going to cost? Yeah, I mean, when, whenever you're looking at it, probably just you, in terms of more like your standard 12 team start 10 lineup league, I'm probably at the point of I'll buy for almost any third and I won't sell for or I won't buy it a second and I'd sell it a second and I'd buy it a third. It's just kind of which side, which side are you wanting to play because of where your team is at um, on, on the retool rebuilding teams. I don't mind throwing a third out at him right now because we've seen feels like these Achilles injuries just aren't what they used to be anymore with this new place that, you know, we do have all these, the Aaron Rodgers, the JK Dobbins are going to, and within a month and a half, you're on the field walking around without a boot, without a scooter and on the field and moving around within a shoe and not even a boot. So the, the recovery time does seem to be a little bit decreased, but you're still talking about a 35 year old quarterback that doesn't have a team, doesn't have a home, has to find one and who knows what situation that's going to be it's going to be hard for any NFL team to really say, we're going to trust Kirk cousins coming off of an Achilles injury to be our starter going into 2024. So what does that role really look like for him? Where does he land? 
um, yeah, so for, for me, it's I, I'd sell it seconds and buy it thirds in most situations. I mean, I just don't know that you're gonna be able to get a quarterback. You know, again, it's Kirk Cousins, and it's and because he scores so many points, I just don't think a third is gonna be quite enough. I think you're gonna have to spend a second, and I do think, given the situation, like it depends on your team situation, right? Like if you have a playoff first, if you can give that up, fine. I mean, I'm honestly, like I'm thinking like quarterback wise, like they're gonna be looking to replace production, um, and, and like some of the names that I that kind of come to mind, and again, they're they're not pretty names, but it's it's quarterback production, and some of them have value beyond this year, like. Mac Jones or Kirk Cousins? I'll take Mac. I'll take Mac. Yep. What if you can get a plus? Like if you can, if you can get that third kicked in, you can get yourself Kirk Cousins and a third for Mac Jones. You doing it? Are you still taking? I Mac mean, it probably point? has to be right team, right? Um, yeah. Right, right Again, team, team specific. This is very, very you know overview. Team structure definitely matters for that for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, well, anymore, uh, they're probably almost in about the same boat. Ryan Tannehill or Kirk Cousins moving forward. I'd taken cousins all day. Like yeah. I, I am not worried about the, the, the longevity, like unless Kirk cousins doesn't want to play football. I think that's the whole thing. Like if he doesn't want to play, then that's a different story. But it, the Achilles, as you mentioned, it's not, it seems like it's something that players are returning back quickly from Kirk cousins. Seems like he has a lot of juice in his arm left was, was getting ready for a big payday whether that was with Minnesota or another team, I think in this quarterback market, this free agency market, like he's going to be the top free agent quarterback available. And whether, you know, depending on how that all pans out for him, um, I'm just not really worried. Like, so that's what I mean. Like I'd be, I'd be looking at selling Kenny Pickett and see if I can get myself. So, you know, and, and Mac Jones, can I get myself Kirk Cousins plus? Can I, can I find an opportunity to buy where it's like, I might get the production next year that I'm looking for that like Mac Jones probably isn't going to hit that Kenny Pickett probably isn't going to hit that, you know, Jimmy G probably isn't going to hit. So like, can I find that high end QB two production again? It's, it's ticky tacky and it's, it's kind of a small, you know, again, team matters. If I'm trying to get points like, yeah, that, that doesn't necessarily benefit my team, but if I'm retooling or I'm looking at next year, I'm willing to take the gamble, man. I'm willing to take the gamble. On I just don't think I just don't think that he's the best free. Like I just don't think he will be treated as the number one free agent next year because of the timing of the situation. He's probably not. He's probably not getting surgery until the middle to late November. Then you get another five to six months minimum on top of that before he's even with the new even with the new form of recovering from the Achilles injury. He's still at least probably six months until he's playing. Then you're putting it into June and you're missing free agency at that point. Like that's the issue that I kind of see coming up here. You're you're definitely post draft. You're post free agency as well. Can the team like that's where I go back to. Can the team really commit to giving Kirk Cousins two two year a lot of money deal without knowing if he can actually come back and play football? at a at a peak level anymore i just don't know if the team's going to be willing to do that i mean that's that is fair i mean i just think about aaron Rodgers and his age i mean again th these guys are 35 plus so uh it's definitely a long shot but when you look at a free agency class of like kirk cousins ryan Tannehill, jacoby Brissett, baker i think baker's a free agent too yeah. like it's not a, it's not a pretty class it's not like there's some big names out there so like if he is healthy i think he's going to be the most coveted one and i think the qb market will probably set uh, based on him like they'll, they'll wait and find out uh before they make that move but yeah uh we can move on from there to another aging quarterback that that happened to get banged up this weekend and that was one matthew stafford who uh hurt his thumb 
Um, and he he tried to tough it out. Uh, Ripian is is the guy. It sounds like from here on out, uh, Wolford of, of all things said like said nah, like we're good. <laughs> yeah, they tried they tried to get him off the Bucks practice squad, and he was like, I'm just gonna stay in Tampa. Like I don't want to move right now, so no, I'm just gonna stay here. Which is, I mean, again, when you think about the quarterback, like there's nothing better than being a backup quarterback. And like he's on the practice squad, making his money, doing his thing. Like he's not really worried about getting banged up. Do I, do I make this, you know, do I make a little bit extra cash and get, you know, hammered around in, in LA? I think, uh, I think he's good. So it was kind of funny to see that though. So, I mean, uh, Brett Ripien, been an NFL starter, has, has had his moments. It's, it hasn't been like, you know, eye-opening where he's going to be a starter but he's been serviceable do you think he can manage this offense do you think he can you know keep puka and cooper cup as high-end wide receiver assets in the nfl right now i mean I'll, I'll throw this one back to you you have a little bit more firsthand first team watching account with old brett ripian because he's been a backup in denver for a lot more than i've yeah. ever seen him play football anywhere else so i've got a i don't have as much as you do in this one i think he definitely could because this game is just built on short passing crosser routes and timing um it's obviously not going to be nearly as efficient as it was with stafford but if i mean brett Rapin isn't really i don't think he's known as that like big bomb deep shot guy like he's built to just throw underneath and throw with a little bit more structure and if he can pick up the system i don't see why he couldn't do it but i'll i'll divert to you more on this one uh it wasn't pretty um i'll just go with that he's had he has moments where he makes good throws and you're like oh, okay i can see him being good and then he just makes i don't even want to call him like it just doesn't have the arm talent to be super successful. I mean, and, and Sean McVay's system, maybe this will be a perfect fit for him to to have those opportunities to just say, look, here's your two reads. You're going to go cup, Puka, or vice versa, flip those two. And then if that's not there, you're going to look at Higby and see what his option route is. And if that's not there, just just go to the ground, okay? Just just take that sack because at that point, this offensive line's probably given way and he's probably getting clobbered in the backfield, kind of like we saw Stafford getting clobbered. Um, yeah, I think he's going to have moments. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be be able to sustain some high-end production. Um, I think if if we're lucky, we're going to get one fantasy producer out of this offense uh so take your pick whether that's cup or puka i think both in dynasty are still going to be super valuable if this is a buy opportunity maybe there's gonna be some buy windows for puka um just because the production won't be there and we're gonna know why but we'll, we'll kind of find out the longevity of what Stafford's situation is it doesn't sound great uh based on some of the the words that the the team's saying so it sounds well, like there's a good possibility of a stint on ir well they came out and said ir and then they said day to day yeah. Three hours later. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they said they, they said they got some news that it was better than expected. Uh, but we've seen, we've seen this injury. It's the same thing that Justin Fields is basically dealing with. Right. So it's all about grip strength and it's all about pain tolerance and grip strength. Once you get that back, you can go right back in and play. But it, I, I think this is a, this is one that just, it's, it's incredibly variable. Uh, it has a lot of variance in it depending on yeah. which quarterback it is and how bad the strain is. So, I hope it, I hope it's only you know like a one to two week thing for Matt Stafford. I think he at least misses one week. I think that show like the team is telling you what they're doing whenever they try to go out and get John Wolford immediately. Uh, they need a replacement. Yeah. They know they know they need a replacement at least for a week or two. So I don't expect him to truly be day to day. From what they're saying though, I also don't expect IR. So I'm I'm thinking it's in the one to three week range. Yeah, when you look at their, I'm just gonna look at their next three to four games. 
They have the Packers this upcoming week, which again is a, is a winnable game. If you have a healthy team, they could easily beat the Packers. I don't know that that's the case with Ripian. So that kind of puts you down at three and six. You have the Seattle Seahawks at home then. Um, and then you have the Cardinals. So like, can you, can you survive a matchup with the Cardinals? Are you three and eight at that point? Are you four and seven? So like, you know, it depends on where you're at record wise. It's going to be a very interesting team. Um, you know, they've definitely outperformed what I think a lot of expectations were for the Rams, but yeah, uh, I do think that they're really looking at that schedule. Can they win some of these games? Stay, stay in it, just kind of scratch and claw and stay in it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for fantasy purposes, it doesn't look great for cup and Puka right now uh, just because we don't know what kind of production we're going to get, what kind of passing volume we're going to get. But also, you know, when it comes to Stafford, I mean, there's no real buy window here. It, it, he is what he is. Like if you feel like investing Not in Stafford. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like it, there's, there's no, like nothing to take away there, but uh, anything else you want to touch on with these Rams? No, I'll, I'll, I'll buy into the wide receivers though. Yet I don't have any long-term long, long-term yeah. concern with Puka, even long-term this year concern with Cooper cup. Uh, I'm still perfectly fine buying in as long as I can stomach two weeks. It's dynasty. Come on. What are we doing? What do you mean? Like the, in dynasty, we, we panic after three days. Like that's how this works, right? In like three hours more like at this point. Three hours. That's, that's it. That's a one football game. That's it. Three hours and we panic. So, but yeah, I mean, like there may be some people panicked in their leagues of whether or not they're going to get production out of Cooper Cup or Puka uh, down the stretch. So again, it's something to monitor in your leagues. It's something to shop. It's a market, right? Like that's something that you need to reach out to and at least kind of test the waters and see where people are. Um, so yeah, like I'm not opposed to at least poking the bear and seeing like what's up with those two. So I'm, I'm definitely in, in you know acquisition mode for them. Let's go back to one of the one of the things that I've been trying to do the entire time when I've been buying Puka but when I was trying to weeks two and weeks three. DJ Moore, Puka Nakua. I mean Puka at this point. It's Unfortunately, be- DJ Moore is also dealing with a hurt <laughs> yeah, quarterback. D- that kind of that kind of dampers that one. But yeah, also essentially the ascension of Puka. I love it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So then let's get into another quarterback that got injured here. Again, this one sounds like it should be uh, short term, but Kenny Pickett got banged up um, rib injury. They have a short turnaround with the Thursday night game. Sounds like he's going to miss time. Unfortunately, I mean, I think it's a miracle. Like when you when you look at the Steelers, they're actually four and three. They have a winning record, which is just amazing to me. Um, but uh, You know, Pickett sounds like they're going to he's going to miss the Thursday night game here going up against the Titans. This doesn't do anything for me fantasy wise. Like Pickett is what he is. Like the, the Steelers are what they are. Like it's not anything that just gets you excited. I I just don't I don't really know if I really want to do anything with any of the Steelers right now. So from reports we had today, it does sound like it could be a game time decision because he did log he did log limited. I don't know. Yeah. I also don't have that much interest in Mitch Trubisky, even if he does go in there. Um, I know we're talking to some Steelers fans as they were watching that game, and it's like I would almost rather have uh, Mason uh, uh, Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mason yeah. Rudolph, goodness. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, Trubisky is just—he's just a guy. He's a backup at this point. I mean, he went 15 of 27 and, and kind of in relief. Uh, with a touchdown and two picks, it was not pretty at all. You you were kind of – anytime there's a backup that used to be a starter that comes in, I'm like, maybe this is his chance. Maybe they're going to – he's going to show, you know, why he was a starter in the league at one point. And Mitch Trubisky just showed why Kenny Pickett's the starter. Like, that's pretty much what, what he confirmed right there. <laughs> yeah, very few times you get the Geno Smiths of the world. 
Yeah, very, very few times. So uh, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is definitely going to be a waiver wire ad. Um, so, I mean, pick him up. If you need quarterback starts, if you lost yourself for Kirk Cousins, sure. If you're in best ball, like, yeah, man, like, sure. Why not add him to your roster? See if you can, you know, flip him for a pick. But I'll take any of the other quarterbacks that we've talked about so far over him. I was just about to say, I was like, I have like zero interest in him. I I, I would take Ripian over him, like just because of the yep. offense and the weapons that are around him. Like, yeah, I'm putting. There's there's one more guy bottom. just for upside. I'd rather take as well that we're about to talk about too. Like I, All right. he, he's the last quarter, last starting fill in quarterback that I want on waivers today. Dive in then, dive in then. Last one that we have is the Arizona Cardinals weird situation where I thought. F- Josh Dobbs was going to levy up my Superflex rosters for one more week. He's been holding some of those things afloat that have taken some quarterback hits. But no, in a shocking turn of events, Jonathan Gannon has come out and said, hey, I watched the film this morning and, you know, Josh Dobbs, he's been good for fantasy, but he ain't good for the NFL because he's only won me one game. So uh, for one week, we're going to see what we have in Clayton Toon before Kyler Murray gets back in week 10. I don't know why this is happening. It seems like you could kind of maybe like the Josh Dobbs, he's served his role for us. And now we can, maybe we can send him away to one of these teams that just took a quarterback hit for a little bit of trade capital value. Like, Hey, Josh, you served your role for us. You got us through those games. You were the nice bridge quarterback rallied the troops really well, but we need to see what the rookie has before we put Kyler back in because you're not a part of the plan for the future. And if we can get any draft capital back, I guess we get it, but I don't know what they're getting more than like a sixth round pick for Josh Dobbs. So I don't know. Weird thing. I thought we were definitely going to see Josh Dobbs for one more week, but it sounds like it's going to be Clayton tune for week nine. And then Kyler Murray back for off of his IR ACL injury in week 10. Yeah. I, you know, maybe, maybe we see Dobbs get traded. Maybe, maybe there's that shot that he does get traded just for the, just for any capital that they can possibly get. It's, you know, it, it's a pipe dream, but uh, send, yeah, him, I, send him back to the Browns. He was just a rental in Arizona. They can send him back to the Browns in case Deshaun Watson could use him anymore. Right? Yeah, Browns could use him. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kyler Murray sounds like he's coming back. Another interesting thing with Kyler Murray is the organization's commitment to him. It sounds like, at least for this year, they are not trading him. They're not trading him before the deadline. Uh, my guess is it would be an offseason move anyway, just for sake of you know figuring out logistics of, of making that happen versus being up against a time crunch. So it uh, makes a lot of sense. But they, they're saying they're not shopping him. However... I think the off season is the time that they do at least explore it. Um, I, I still am a firm believer that this is Kyler Murray's team in the long run, but the Cardinals uh, I think are willing to do anything. And it depends on where that, that, that draft pick ends up being for them. If they are going to be, you know, in the quarterback market for, uh, for the NFL draft, but Kyler Murray sounds like he's playing this year. That's a, at least a silver lining to all of this. What expectations do you have rest of season with Kyler Murray coming off of an ACL? I mean, they're going to give him every opportunity to try to win the job here going forward, uh, to stay as the lead quarterback for the the future in their organization. It's not there. It's he wasn't drafted by their regime. Obviously, it's been a change. It's been a turnover, and that always leads to questions about what the long term security of the quarterback is in that new system. But he's got an egregious contract for what he's really been putting on putting on the field so far. It's just it's it's massive. It's almost kind of like the Deshaun Watson contract. So he's got he's got to show something pretty damn well to make sure that to, to make them believe that he's going to be the quarterback of the future there. He's going to have about an eight game tryout, basically, from as long as he's healthy through all of those games. It's going to be week 10 to week 18. 
I just don't know what it looks like coming off of the ACL, kind of what you talked about. The offensive line, I think, still has some work to do. Josh Dobbs has been kind of getting hit and banged up, and now you've got a quarterback who relies on mobility and getting outside of the pocket to really excel his throwing game because he's not a true pocket passer. It's it's interesting. I, I have really... I have very mid hopes for what I believe he'll be coming off of this ACL. I don't think it's going to be very bad, but I also don't think it's going to be very good. Um, the the rushing, obviously, we know probably doesn't isn't going to come back until twenty twenty four. So I think it all just depends on his mobility. Hopefully, they do keep Hollywood. I don't think they're. I don't think I've heard anything about him potentially being traded. So he at least has a weapon along with Trey McBride. Hopefully, you get Zach Ertz back as well. Michael Wilson's looked good. You know, he's for, looked good for, in spurts as well. Yeah. I think they've got a they've got a lot of pieces around it. And this team, while they're while they have only picked up one win in their first eight games with Josh Dobbs at the helm, like they've played hard in every single game and they've been in every one of them. I think this team has vastly outperformed what a lot of people's thoughts were, even if it's not reflective in the total, which is kind of why I'm interested why Josh Dobbs gets benched here. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Kyler Murray does going forward. I think he is going to put himself back into that top lock himself into that top 12 to 14 quarterbacks in dynasty though mr uh your fast guy uh (laughs) shots mr uh coach gannon uh i think he's he's definitely maximizing what he has on this roster um you know if if josh dobbs can be fantasy relevant for this team i think kyler murray can can be fantasy relevant for this team as well again it depends on what you know what kind of rust he has to shake off uh coming off the acl so mobility wise is going to be a concern uh, him, him just taking hits, throwing the ball downfield, de- definitely interested in it. But hey, if Dobbs can can look uh, competent as a fantasy quarterback, I feel pretty confident saying Kyler can as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's kind of where where we're at right now. I think if you're a Kyler manager, you're not selling until you get him on the field or until uh, you can get like max Kyler value. I think people are still going to be trying to buy low now because that's usually what happens. You get those crappy trade offers. Uh, a week before the the player returns because you ate the entire uh, the entire injury for that person. So, yeah, uh, watch out for those ones. Yeah, try to get him whenever it's three weeks in and he's not performing like old Kyler did and then people are panicked. That's whenever you actually have a buy low window. It's not one week before he's starting this first start. And let's uh, we'll, we'll kind of zoom through a couple of these other quarterback ones. Uh, Desmond Ritter taken out and and quote unquote benched. He was cleared to go back in, but they're saying he wasn't benched. I don't know. Weird situation. Heineke came in and and, and you know did did his thing. I, he was it was all right. He was yeah. It was like he wasn't like great. There wasn't anything bad. He he didn't you know. I don't want to say he made him fantasy relevant, but like he got the ball to, to London. He got the ball to Kyle Pitts. At I times. Mean, they've had a lot of fantasy relevant people over the last couple of weeks too. I mean, we're, we're, we always like yeah. to complain about this offense, but they spread it around, spread it around a lot. But Kyle Pitts and Drake, or Kyle Pitts, Drake London and Johnny Smith were all yeah. ranked as like top 24, 12 assets at their position. So um, uh, I know the fantasy, a lot of fantasy Twitter and fantasy community is going to want to see Taylor Heineke in there as the starting quarterback next week. Not going to happen. It's Desmond Ritter's job still. So, yeah, nothing really to make up there. Uh, we saw lovely Jimmy Garoppolo playing last night or tonight as we record. Um, and, uh, Woof. uh, I'm going to just, I, I like, there's part of me that just wants to say like he was rusty, uh, he looked like maybe he was still playing hurt. Like, I don't know, but when you miss a wide open Devonte Adams twice, 
it's just painful to watch one as a Devonte adams owner and you just see how wide open he was it's like oh my god the pain and, and I, I don't know i mean is it going to be this way for the rest of the season is, is adam still on this team tomorrow Yes, Adams is still on the All team. Right. Oh, there's no way you're facilitating that trade within the 12 hours from the time the, the game ended right now, and he's all pissed off, which he has been, you know, understandably so, because he came here to play with the quarterback, and then you shipped him off at the end of the year and didn't even let him finish out the season because of an injury clause in the contract. So, understandably, he's upset. He just got a massive downgrade at quarterback, even though Derek Carr hasn't been anything special at a lot of times throughout this year. It's still a massive downgrade from what Jimmy G has put on the field for the majority of the weeks that he's been playing with him. He's obviously going to be frustrated. Um, I'm normally along the train of players play football because that's what they do and what that's what they're paid to do. I wouldn't be surprised if Devonte Adams comes up with a hamstring injury here within the next couple of weeks and it never heals itself for the rest of 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just this stat line. All right. Leading receiver for Vegas, Josh Jacobs, 27 yards, Jacoby Myers, one catch, 19 mayor, one catch, 19 Hooper, two catches, 19 Renfro, two catches, 19 notice. I haven't said Devonte Adams yet. Yeah. Uh, Amir Abdullah outproduced Devonte Adams today. So this was a very, very rough game when Devonte Adams has one catch in 11 yards. Uh, the pain right now for us Adams owners. But yeah, I, I think it's going to get better. He's going to get his targets. I don't think this was a, a, a normal week, normal situation. I'm pretty sure we're going to see uh, a better version of Jimmy G and more targets fed to Adams. Otherwise, that hamstring is definitely going to act up. So. Yeah, he's, I think he's really on track to pull the Darren Waller from last year. Yep, agreed. agreed. All right, so just to tap into a couple quick things here. Uh, Bryce Young played against CJ Stroud. You know, it was, it was top quarterback picks. It was a very interesting game. Bryce Young comes out with a win. There's no like major takeaways here. I don't. I don't think that this what 15 to 13 game is really indicative of either of these quarterbacks. Um, I will say that like I, I, I thought Bryce Young looked sharp. Like he looks like if he had any offensive line and weapons that with him outside of of Adam Thielen, that he could be a very good quarterback in the NFL. Um, unfortunately, he's he's got you know Chuba Hubbard leading the backfield. And then outside of Thielen, you have Mingo. I mean, what? Mingo, Hubbard, Blackshear, and DJ Chark. Like, those are your offensive weapons. You know, Terrace Marshall Jr. too. Like, that's just not yeah. impressive. So Neat. I would love to see him to get something out other than those guys. Neither of these guys looked all that great. Uh, obviously, I think it was like a 12 to 13 win or 12 to 15 win. It was 15, 13, yeah. 15, 13 win. Yeah, it was, it was not a pretty game. Neither of them looked all that great all the way throughout. I mean, obviously, it was definitely one of the best games that Bryce Young has been able to put together, which for, for what that's worth is it hasn't really been that great, but obviously he does need a lot more. I just think everybody's, if we want to talk about overreaction, uh, CJ Stroud was QB six overall in dynasty at one point, a couple weeks ago, um, probably a little bit of an overreaction guys. I think he's probably more in that 10 to 14 where he started off and he had a couple of good games to start off, but I don't know if that's going forward going to be, exactly what we're seeing week in and week out speaking of back to a pumpkin uh, uh you know mr bajent i keep wanting to call him bajent but bajent uh turned back into what we thought he was which was a backup quarterback and uh he he ate a big old l this week i mean he was 25 of 37 which i don't know 
Uh, that's awful, but he did have two picks, which weren't pretty. Um, so that didn't help the cause at all. I, I guess if you still have him in best ball leagues, sure, you're, you're happy you have him. Would you rather just trade him for, can you get a third? Can you get a third no. for, for no? Take, would you take a fourth or would you rather have him on your roster right now? Get it. Get, I mean, unless I'm starting him, he's gone for a fourth because you're never starting him again. Perfect. Done there. Anything else you want to touch on with, with good old Bajan? Nope. That seems awful still. Yep. Love to hear it. Boo Chicago. Um, we have uh, a couple other things here that I, I do want to touch on because Will Levis came out, got the opportunity to play, and he... I guess brought D hop back to fantasy relevance. Like, I don't know how else you explain what happened in his first week here. Uh, three touchdown catches for Deandre Hopkins four touchdown passes for Will Levis. I guess it was an impressive start to his career. Uh, I will see again if it's hashtag sustainable and what, what this, uh, what this looks like going forward, but I came away pretty impressed. I was, I was happy to see Will Levis on the field. I didn't want to see Malik Willis, uh, even though they did rotate them out in and out early but what was your overall impressions of will levis i mean he looked a hell of a lot better than ryan Tannehill's ever looked at any point throughout this season so i i mean if he keeps up anything close to that this is his job the rest of the way i don't i don't think there's any question about that the amount of power and accuracy that he has on a deep ball that he was throwing like most of those were just like a 40 yard bomb shot to deandre hopkins because he only had four four targets four catches and three touchdowns on those uh man he was he was just slinging the ball all over the field, and obviously, I don't think we're going to see this type of performance each and every week. But he's yeah. one of the quarterbacks that has the potential to have this type of performance each and every week. Um, if you just want a microcosm of what the overreactionary nature of this game that we play is now, we can go back to whenever we were saying that this guy's a you know first second turn rookie pick. In, in the drafts whenever he went in the second round and then he doesn't play and he doesn't start. And we knew that he wasn't going to start whenever we said that he was worth that value and look over the past like six weeks or so, what could you have actually bought or what could you have actually sold a Will Levis share for if you were actually trying to sell one, which I hardly saw any Will Levis trades go out there, but I don't know. I legitimately don't know if you could have gotten a second round pick for Will Levis just because he wasn't starting now one game, one game and he's backed up back up to like first plus territory because he comes out now as a starter and now he's actually scoring you points. Just the microcosm of this new age week to week dynasty game that we play incredibly explained by a guy like Will Levis and a guy that everybody hated coming into. It's it's just funny to see like the just the this is just like the epitome of overreaction and and like I I liked Will Levis I had hopes for Will Levis um I didn't think he was going to be necessarily better than like C J Stroud and all them but like I, it's nice to see right like I was I was happy for him he definitely has uh, some arm talent that Ryan Tannehill doesn't have and and being able to to just chuck the rock downfield so we'll see again if it's hashtag sustainable for him but uh and i don't think that this these four catches 128 yards and three touchdowns is, is going to be on repeat for deandre hopkins but hey it was a great week if you're a hopkins owner you love to you love to see it you want more will levis if he does it again yeah like i don't i don't know how tennessee can hand the ball back to Ryan Tannehill if if Will Levis continues to do this. So uh, going to be a very interesting, I mean, it's a short week. They play on Thursday. It's going to be a very interesting kind of a uh, few days here to see how this is all going to pan out for him. Uh, I have a few Will Levis shares. 
happy to, I guess, have them. Um, they're all on tanking teams. So, cause I knew, like you said, it was a play for next year, but maybe he gets the opportunity to get his Jalen hurts moment. Like, you know, give him the last half of the season, see some improvement, see some movement from him and then see what happens, uh, giving him a full off season. But, um, that's pretty much it. Anything else with, with, with Will Levis, uh, back to back sandwiched in between Deshaun Watson and Kenny Pickett on KTC right now. God, I mean, that's a, the epitome of the fall of, of Deshaun Watson, the rise of Will Levis, and then just what Kenny Pickett is. So yeah, the, the unmovability of Kenny Pickett over the last two years just sits there in that same zone. So that's, that's too funny. Uh, last thing I do want to touch on with quarterbacks because we've been hammering quarterbacks here for, for 40 minutes. Uh, very interesting few weeks. Uh, obviously Brock Purdy got banged up last week and after his concussion, he looked awful. Uh, this week wasn't necessarily great. Where are you at? Are you panicked on Brock Purdy? I know all the Purdy haters are out talking, talking their smack right now with, uh, with how he looked, uh, the past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's had his he's had his first slump coming off of if you want to quote a concussion as quote unquote injury, but his he's had his first slump coming off of injury that he's had in his entire career as an NFL starter so far. So, if it only took fourteen games, whatever it's been now for Brock Purdy to have his first stumble, uh, I'll take it. I don't have too much concern about Brock Purdy going forward. He's still in one of the best offenses and one of the best systems with some of the best weapons around him. And he's been missing Debo Samuel as well for a lot of that. He's been facing a tough stretch as well. Um, no, I mean, I, that's actually, I'm actually interested to see that one is old uh, Brock Purdy. So he's a cute be 14. I thought he was actually going to take a little bit further of a slip. We'll see if that slides a little bit more during the week. But I don't know what I, I'll be interested to see what the people think of what the separation is between Will Levis and Brock Purdy throughout this week. I mean, all I got to say is season high in yards passing. He had 365 yards in the air. He did throw the two picks, which, you know, again, taints taints what he did. But he also led the team in rushing with uh, when you have CMC on your team and you go six for 57 and you lead the team in rushing. Uh, you know, you had yourself a good fantasy day in that context. Yeah, you'd love to see the touchdowns and interceptions flip. But uh, overall, he did well. Like, I mean, he fed Kittle. Kittle got his 11 targets. This was another spike week for him. Uh, see you in about three weeks, Kittle. Uh, yep. You know, Brandon Ayuk was over 100 yards as well. I mean, it was it was a good game. It just it just didn't work out. It was some uh, t- untimely turnovers. Uh, he did have a fumble loss as well. Like, it wasn't like... Ball security, right? Like that's what you talk about when you're talking about quarterbacks, ball security. It just wasn't that kind of a game. But yeah, I'm not really worried about him for fantasy purposes um, at all. QB nine on the year and QB 12 in points per game still. Um, if that's bad, then, you know, I guess uh, I guess I'm bad as well. I lied. Is there one more quarterback we should talk about? Do we, do we need to talk about Jordan Love? <laughs> I mean, look, Jordan Love just is what he is. Uh, I, I think that's kind of what it is. Yeah. I mean, He's, he's a quarterback who's going to be serviceable. It's one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Does he have room for improvement? And does this team have room for improvement and growth going forward? I do think that, that exists, but uh, new age Kenny Pickett. <laughs> new age Kenny Pickett. And he I came into it. the league before Kenny Pickett, but new age Kenny Pickett. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, he's had a, he's had a rough, uh, I'd say, four weeks. He had a good start to the season, um, but... He's gonna. He's still. A, I want to call him a rookie because he's he's making. You know, he's he's gonna make rookie playing mistakes. But like, 
I don't know. It's going to be up and down for the entire season. Uh, young offense, as you mentioned, he's still you know young as far as playing experience goes. So we're going to be seeing this type of thing. I do think you know he's going to be in that just QB two range where where he belongs. Uh, he was not in the top ten like he had shown the first few weeks where everyone started to get super excited about Jordan Love's upside. So yeah, it's pretty much it for there. But I'm not really panicked on him. I think he is what he is. I think he's just settled into his value. Yeah, just give me that QB two for as many years as you can give me Jordan Love. That's all all that I want. Yep. <laughs> all right. So let's dive into running backs here. Let's just start with a game that we just uh just witnessed here last night, uh, with with Jameer Gibbs having his moment in the sun, uh, or the dome, whatever you want to call it. But but he had his moment to shine. He got the the starting gig and he went out and did the damn thing. I think he had like 180 total yards of offense, a nice little run for a mm-hmm. touchdown. Is Jameer Gibbs back in the top three for for dynasty purposes? Uh, no, he's not because okay. Dave Montgomery is still not here. However, it is nice to see, and I'm glad that he could do it and actually show out in the role that he should have, but he still won't have going forward because Dave Montgomery is on a three-year contract here. Yep. I, I, I think it's nice to kind of see them use Jameer Gibbs. Yes, it was more of that bell cow role where he still got 26 carries on the ground and five in the air. Uh, you know, you'd like to see more of what he had last week with the 10 targets and nine catches. Uh, so, you know, I do think this this team can be, you know, run through the running backs when when Monty's healthy. But uh, so that it's just going to cap his upside of really what he can be. But he's uh, he was RB one on the week this week. He was RB three last week. He can he's absolutely do it to get two damn good performances it's nice to it's nice to see that he'll actually be given a role though like what what we didn't see at the beginning of the season was he had almost no role like he didn't have any almost hardly any passing work and he was just trying to be used as legitimately just to give david montgomery breaks like that's that was his role throughout the first couple of weeks of the season that's not going to be his role anymore i think that now that we've seen it and you've shown to your team and to dan campbell and all the offensive coordinators and everything like that like you've shown that you deserve a role I don't I don't think there's any way that David Montgomery comes back and they now just give David Montgomery the same 25 carries and they're going to target him four times. And then Jameer Gibbs goes for five carries and two targets. That's not going to happen anymore. He will have a week to week role now. And that's what I'm excited about going forward. But I don't think that this like top three upside week to week still exists for him. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I, I do love the talent. Again, it's great to see talent produce, right? Like that's what we want to see from these these high end draft picks, guys. We took in the you know top six of our rookie drafts, uh, go out and, and and really have blow up performances like this, and it just makes you feel good that he can be serviceable. Maybe there's going to be something where they they ease in, and we talk about it all the time with rookie running backs. Man, I, I know we all want them to come out week one and just smash and just tear it up right off the rip. Like that, of course, we want to see that. But historically, we've seen it takes time for running backs to truly like get a feel for the offense, what it's like running behind their new offensive line, finding the holes that open up in a new scheme. It it takes a little bit of time. It's not perfect right off the bat. And and now we get to see ETN or ETN. Geez, we have Gibbs going out and doing his thing. And and so it's just very, very nice to see. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily going to catapult him up there. Uh, with uh, with ETN, which we're going to talk about next now. Uh, since uh, since I decided to say his yeah, name, yeah, just go right into it. Which one would you rather have in Dynasty, Travis ETN or Jameer Gibbs? Travis ETN, man. Travis ETN. I, 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 and 
I was not guilty, guilty as charged. I was not very high on Travis Etienne coming out. Obviously, the foot injury, things like that happened. It uh, wasn't necessarily the the best, you know, for him. Last year, he was meh. Like he had his moments where he he flashed, but outside of that, it was just kind of average RB two type performances. Uh, he has he has done the thing. They're they're giving him all he can handle on the ground. They're giving him the targets in the air. Like he's the only running back there. There's no Monty to come in and, and just vulture work away from from him like Gibbs has. So uh, I'm taking Travis Etienne right now. And after another very good performance from him, 79 on the on the ground, 70 in the air, and getting that touchdown. Yeah, I really that, like Etienne for the rest of the season, at least. That tank Bigsby that we all thought was Oh man. Man, that's a that's a woofer miss from from a lot of us. It, it was more it was kind of like to what you said. We just weren't all that big fans of ETN. And so it was like, well, because we're not fans of him, then it has to be Tank Bigsby that's going to step into that role. That's not that's not at all what we're seeing. I mean, you really you you want to talk about the guy who's like legitimately the Tony Pollard, what we thought Tony Pollard was going to be this year. It's Travis Etienne is filling that same exact role that we thought Tony Pollard could actually fill. Um, I, I think it's just the next step of you know, kind of evolution for this Jacksonville Jaguars offense and Trevor Lawrence kind of being being this quarterback and taking taking the next step and really securing himself in the Doug Peterson offense within another year. You have now Calvin Ridley, you have Christian Kirk, you've got Evan Ingram, Zay Jones. I mean, this team is just built. Like this offense is just in probably its peak performance mode right now, other than having maybe a second running back just to give ETN a little bit of time off. But if he can stay healthy in this role, there's no reason that they're going to move on from him at all. Ding, I, ding, ding. If he can stay healthy. <laughs> he's got to do if, that, but but it's every running back. Every running back carries yeah. that risk right now. I, I'm not trying to put I'm not going to put any inherent risk more on Travis Etienne than I am any other running back anymore. My only thing I'm, I'm going to mention, and it's not necessarily just him, it's any running back that is taking almost 90% of the snaps. Um and like that that just burden on the body. You know, Kyron Williams was taking nearly 100% of the snaps early on. So we saw physically taking a toll on him. Travis Etienne, I mean, he had two weeks in the 70s, which was week two and week three. Outside of that, he's been 85 plus basically for, for his snap share. Uh, so if that does continue, I mean, they have the bye week. So that's going to be great for them week nine. Uh, again, I'm not again wishing injury, but it's just things to monitor when you're talking about running backs, because then what happens if he does go down again, you know, tank Bigsby's not getting a lot of work, you know, who is going to be the backup running back that may get some touches to, to kind of ease that workload. Um, you know, I think he can sustain it. He is absolutely a workhorse running back right now. Um, but yeah, hopefully he stays healthy. Um, and, and, and just continues to, to rock on. Cause he's had, I think what, six or seven top 10 fantasy running back finishes so at the position uh very very good love travis Etienne. i don't know how high i'm going to put him right now like i mean do you think he's top five for running backs i mean i think running back is just the most fluid position but he's got to be a top five guy right yeah he's probably in that four to eight range um yep. I, I think he probably sits more in that like four to six somewhere somewhere in that in that tier but it, it's kind of what we were talking about it's the jameer gibbs it's Travis Etienne, um, another guy, if we want to get into that one, coming back from IR soon, Dolphins backfield, Devon A-Chain might be up there too for a lot of people still, especially once he does get back off of IR and producing. But this Miami this Miami offense has taken, taken some lumps in the running game, especially with Jeff Wilson coming back off of IR. You've got Mostert there. You've got A-Chain. Just want to ask the question of that too many mouths to feed narrative. 
if we're going to be throwing for like 350 yards a game to Tyreek and Waddle and all of these guys, <laughs> I think there, I think this is a, I think this is a pure like best ball offense from the running back room because I I don't know which one of these guys if if you can't feed all of what we've seen Waddle suffer a lot from this because the running game has been so good. They get up and then they just run the ball 30 times and they've been splitting it between most certain a chain. Now, what does it look like with Jeff Wilson in there as well? I really don't have that many, much of a concern because I don't think Jeff Wilson is all that good. And as long as Mostert's healthy, I think it's just going to be Mostert and A-Chain. But just throwing the question out there, of is it could it potentially be a too many mouths to feed for these guys? I mean, technically it could. I do think you're right, though. Jeff Wilson's the one that gets kind of phased out of this mix. Um, I, I when you even look at the splits week back, you know, Raheem Mostert ended up still leading the backfield 13 to five in terms of carries over Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson did get the targets out of the backfield along with Salvan Ahmed. Uh, Salvan got four targets to Jeff Wilson's two and uh, Mostert with a big old goose egg. So that was a little bit uh, unfortunate for him. But again, that's not really where he excels. Uh, he has shown that he can do it, which has been nice to see. I do think when, when A-Chan gets back, it's going to be a, I don't call it a split backfield. I think Mostert still technically leads it, but they're probably going to have more of a split backfield. Um, and, and maybe that does end up turning into just an HM backfield with, with Mostert relieving him. But uh, the run game is very important for Miami. I, I think it, uh, it's been super effective for them early on this season. I, I do think it shakes itself out right now. Wilson just coming off of injury. HN being on IR, that's just kind of where we're at, but it's still Mostert's backfield for sure. I think so. Is HN still up there? Is he up there in that like four to six range of running back? I think that's the problem with running back. Like it just, it's so fluid. I mean, probably just because of his age and like people aren't going to forget what he did already, but uh, it's just such a fluid position that people are just like, nah, like he hasn't played. Like Mostert's look good. Like maybe, like, People are going to tell themselves a story, but he's he's still he's got to be top ten, like easy top ten. Yeah. He's probably top eight easy, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. With that offense and the youth that you have, you do have. Sure. You, there's not many running backs that hold inherent like long term value. He is one being a rookie right now. So speaking of backfields with a rookie in it, uh, just one more I want to touch on before some rapid fire for running backs. Um, your guy Zach Charbonnet outsnapped Kenneth Walker this week, and uh, you know. Is this going to end up being, you know, more of a split backfield? We've seen a lot of really good things out of Ken Walker. So I have a tough time fully seeing this, but hey, it already happened. Where are you at with your guy, Sharps? All, all that I want to see is more of the 50-50 true split that it should be. That's all that I want to see out of this. And now we've got old Pete Carroll standing up there doing what he does every time. Every time any player does good, he's just going to hype them into the moon. And so I am absolutely eating it up and loving it. Players coach through and through. Give me some Pete Carroll. And uh, hopefully we get a little bit more of Zach Charbonnet. I, I've, I've obviously what we've seen out of Ken Walker has been awesome. But every time, every time Zach Charbonnet has touched the ball as well, I think he's looked pretty damn good too. So I think going forward, I know Ken Walker was actually a little bit banged up, which is probably what led to Charbonnet getting more of the snap share this week than he has in the past. But I, I think that I think they're seeing that he can actually handle a little bit of it as well. So hopefully, hopefully he can move forward with a little bit bigger role. I don't think that it really negatively affects Ken Walker, though. 
it was actually very interesting. I mean, I know Gino threw two picks in this, which kind of killed killed drives and things like that. But like when you look at the splits, yeah, Zach Charbonnet did out snap him. He actually ran 22 routes to Kenneth Walker's 12, which again, Kenneth Walker never was a pass catching back, but both got two targets. And then Kenneth Walker had eight carries to Zach Charbonnet's five. Uh, very weird when like Charbonnet went five for 53 and Kenneth Walker went eight for 66. Like both of them were torching on the ground. Both broke off some big runs. I was really surprised to not see more run game involved in this one. Um, I think it just came down to time of possession and then just drives being dead and uh, low scoring. I mean, they they got up 17. I think they got 17 in the first and that was pretty much it until the fourth quarter touchdown. So. I, I think it is more of a week one off, but I do I do see Zach Charbonnet kind of integrating himself into this offense as the season goes on. Yeah, whenever you can pick up a win against that Browns defense and actually move the ball at all, uh, mm-hmm. typically you'd probably lean into it a little bit more. But yeah, I think think a lot of just weird game script stuff happened in that one that didn't really allow for the Seahawks to be in a position to do much, even though they pulled out a win. Uh, then we're just going to do some quick, uh, quick ones here. Last couple things. I mean, De- uh, Donta Foreman kind of went back into to his old form, which again, it is what it is. Like he was going to be a short term thing, anyways, with with the Bears. But this Bears offense just is atrocious, anyways. Uh, so I think if you you got what you wanted out of Foreman last week, if you're expecting anything until Khalil Herbert comes back, um, you might get one more touchdown out of him, maybe. But that's pretty much a wrap for him. I think the real like last year Foreman was kind of like a league winning running back, you know, Phil. I think the league winning running back Phil might end up being old Gus Bus, man. <laughs> he just comes out there. Justice Hill had like his opportunities and things like that. It seemed like, you know, he was going to be the one for a couple weeks there. But good old Gus Edwards just keeps uh, keeps leading the backfield. 19 carries, 80 yards and three touchdowns. I don't think that continues, but <laughs> That's not hey, hashtag sustainable. That's um, the uh, that's the Deonta Foreman game, isn't it? That, but, that is the yeah. Deonta Foreman game. No, I do love myself some Mrs. Yeah. Frizzle's magic Gus Bus. He was rolling out there last weekend. So do do love old Gus Bus and what he can do is just this old vet plotter body, but they're in an offense that's one of the best in the league right now. So as long as they can keep that up, Gus Bus is gonna keep rolling right along. Yep, and with the the news of them not actually being able to get Derrick Henry, I think just uh, just solidifies that down the stretch. Right. This is going to be his backfield. So uh, good to see for for that kind of sake. Uh, that pretty much wraps up running backs right now. I, I do want to touch on, of course, Leonard Fournette. Did, did you hold sign. on? Did you hold on for eight weeks? Did you hold I on have, to those shares for eight weeks? I have four of them that I held on to. I have a few that I held on to Fournette for. There's some, I mean, I had to cut the one in Rumble Week One. Uh, that one pained me at the moment, but afterwards, quickly forgotten. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. I think I have one in Multiverse. I have a couple. I do have a couple Foremans out there still, or uh, Fournette, excuse me. And uh, at this point, used here, Lat Murray is not good, and they were leaning on him because they don't trust James Cook so much. And that's that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. Like, I am genuinely curious. Like, do you just sell because of the, the the name Fournette on the Bills, or do you really wait and see what happens here? Because I, I know everyone wants the crap on what Fournette looked like with with the Buccaneers last year, but that was the most injured offensive line and one of the worst, you know, running off or rushing offenses last year. Uh, and Rashad White looked even worse than him. And he's, you know, Rashad White still did his thing. I, I think Lenny, Lenny still has juice if he's not 350 pounds right now. 
<laughs> and I don't think the Bills are going to be signing him. Maybe whenever they t- whenever they just canceled it, he was like, let me get one more week of cardio in, guys. I need to get below this weight cut for y'all. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but um, I, I think he's actually going to show out pretty well up there. Because, like I said, I mean, they've been trying to get Lat Murray to be a grinding running back for them, and that has not worked at all. I think he's at least better than that, and they don't trust James Cook. He'll be in on passing downs because James Cook is a liability to Josh Allen's health as a pass protector. This is true. This is very true. So you're holding all four just to see what kind of ride it out and see what happens production wise. At least give it a week. All right. Love to hear it. All right. So that wraps up the the running backs there. Uh, diving into some 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 wide receiver stuff. Not a whole lot going on. I just want to touch on the like the major. I guess major injury the, the injury that occurred that was this prominent in more best ball leagues uh, Kendrick Bourne tore his ACL uh, Devonta Parker has a concussion so the wide receiver room right now is Pop Douglas Juju Taekwon Kayshawn and and another first round pick not Nikhil Harry but one Jalen Rager so what a wide receiver room this is. Oh, it is beautiful. I mean, as much as we Ooh. want to crap on Mac Jones, good God, what are you supposed to do with this band of misfits? The The tight ends have accounted for 33% of this team's offensive passing production, and even that is made up of Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, and Pharaoh Brown is now actually somewhat relevant at the tight end market landscape right now. Um, they're using anything that they can to try to get any passing production, and I, I'm honestly kind of impressed with what Mac Jones has done with this just ragtag group. This is disgusting from what the Patriots have built up around this team and this guy. I mean, who's the GM? You should fire that guy. Yeah, really. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think this has a whole lot of fantasy impact. I mean, Pop Douglas in, in PPR leagues, I think, is going to get a lot of like by the line of scrimmage kind of targets. So you can, might be able to rack up, you know, I think he had five catches this week. So there's five free points. Uh, whatever he does with those great juju uh, what i mean i think he scored a touchdown um woohoo one catch three yard no, touchdown no like, interest no interest in yeah. generative knees juju yeah so not a whole lot to take away there um i think the the big thing we we didn't really touch on it with with kurt cousins when we talked about him but uh we did see you know right now justin jefferson is still out Addison has has looked good. KJ Osborne led the team in receiving this past week. Where are you at right now in terms of these pass catchers and really the rest of season outlook for for these three? Man, rest of season is the rest of season is the interesting one because I've loved what we've seen from Addison so far. I don't think there's oh, yeah. any question any question that th- this team right now looked like they were having one of the next like one A one B wide receiver duos in the league with Addison and Justin Jefferson. the is- The issue is though, obviously, you don't know what you're going to get at quarterback for the rest of the year. So, I think Justin Jefferson is quarterback proof to a point, but we've really never seen we've really never seen that though, right? Because all the only game that Kirk Cousins has ever missed is the COVID game outside of being with Justin Jefferson. So I don't know. We, I don't think anybody knows what this is going to look like. I I do believe that Justin Jefferson is a good enough wide receiver is in my mind, the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. I still think he's the dynasty wide receiver one. Uh, If you don't think that, then I would question like what your process was whenever we didn't think Kirk Cousins was going to Cousins was going to be back next year. Like, did you think it was either Kirk Cousins or 
it was going to be Caleb Williams were the only two options. Like we don't know what the quarterback was going to be. So if that's going to influence your decision at who's the wide receiver one, I don't think that's necessarily the right way to go about it, but it's, it's interesting. You know, there's been rumors of Justin Jefferson, not wanting to resign if he's not playing with Kirk cousins anymore. And I don't know what that looks like anymore because I don't know if he even knows if Kirk cousins is really going to be playing next year, where he's going to be playing. So Everything about this is just in a, in a massive state of flux. I'm still fine with Justin Jefferson for this year. Addison's the one that I'd have a little bit more issue with. Obviously, he has the you know he has the room to himself still until Justin Jefferson does come back. But in a massive state of flux, I'll still I'll still bank on Justin Jefferson giving me production this year. I'm a little bit more concerned with Addison, but the long term value and the long term solution at quarterback is the thing that I think matters a lot more here. Yeah, I think uh, when now. Uh, I'm more open to exploring those Addison mm-hmm. trades uh, just to try and, again, you might be getting production now. We'll see what happens with that with when Jefferson comes back and with who's under center. Um, will be very, very interesting to monitor uh, for for sure. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about what they're doing with Justin Jefferson and kind of where where they're at. And a lot of contending teams are a little worried right now and i get it you know he's probably one of your highest draft picks uh you've probably invested a lot into him and he's the number one player on your team as far as wide receivers go or skill players go i just don't know that i can sell him short and i think that's really where what you'd have to do right now and people are going to i think you can try and buy some justin jefferson still especially now that kirk cousins is out like before it was oh yeah let's just wait till jefferson gets back post injury and he's going to be fine i'll we'll ride it out that's no longer the case and and while i would love to say he is quarterback proof and he probably is um I, you know Devontae adams is quarterback proof too right and you know one catch in 11 yards uh, <laughs> these types of games happen unfortunately and so i just i do have that kind of concern and depends on where your team is at i'm open to exploring it but i'm not like selling short so to speak like if i have a legit championship team i'm definitely exploring it but i mean if you're trying to get me to 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 give you my you know my jefferson for addison and a fur like for a first or something like that i don't know like just down tiering multiple tiers and trying to throw me a first i just i'd have a tough time doing that right now um you'd better be locking me into a payout if i want to sell my short like i'm I'm not doing it i will i will ride it out because he's gonna he's gonna come back and play like i i don't think there's any way that he gets shut down here so that doesn't agree unless unless there's another unless there's another injury later like he's not getting shut down for the year right now so uh, there's going to at least be some level of production, obviously not the Kirk cousins level of production. I don't think anybody thinks that Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins are going to step in there and replace that. That's just that that's not going to happen, but you're still at least going to get something. And I'm not willing to part with what i still believe Justin Jefferson is long-term to try to sell myself short and just move to make a move whenever I think that I need, you know, another five points of production over the next course of the eight weeks until the fantasy playoffs. Yep, nailed it though. Lock me into money, and uh, and we'll have a discussion. Lock me into money, and we'll have a discussion for sure. So, um, and I'm still with you as well when it comes to Jets. Like I, he's still wide receiver one. I think you can have a conversation with AJ Brown and Jamar Chase, or if if AJ Brown is in that that tier with Chase right now, um, CD Lamb 
freaking torched this week. I think the Cowboys finally got an offensive performance that they needed to see out of out of the Cowboys. I mean, obviously their defense played extremely well as as well and special teams like the the entire Cowboys that was like a team win and you got to see everything you wanted to out of the Cowboys, but hey. CeeDee Lamb what? He had 11 catches I think in the first half if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> There's like 11 catches and 140 yards or 130 yards, something ridiculous. I he just he had a game. He had he ended up, he ended up with 158 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't really need him in the second half. That's fine. But this is what you wanted to see out of CD Lamb. This is really what you wanted to see out of Dak. He had you know 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. Offense was humming. The only kind of hiccup still with this offense as a whole is the use of Tony Pollard in <laughs> like. They just basically said, "You're you're Zeke now. Have fun." And that's kind of how they're using him, and I don't yeah. love it. Honestly, like, why didn't they not just get Zeke back? Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't cost much. The Patriots have no they have no use for him down the stretch. Like, what what are they going to do with him? Just get a little bit of like get a sixth back. I don't know. The team needs to be punted and rebuilt anyway, and it's already leaning that way. Look at their wide receiver room, and look at how much money they have next year. Like, it's going into a retool there. Why do you need Zeke? Get him back over to Dallas. He'd be happy to get he'd be happy to get back there. And I know a lot of Dallas fans would be pretty excited to have him back as well after the experiment of Tony Pollard has utterly failed. Yeah, I mean it's not even the experiment with him. It's just the the way they use him. It's like they should have brought in a Fournette like before he signed. They should have brought in just that big body. Like I know they thought Rico Dowdle was going to be it or Rojo or someone. Someone could be a, a Zeke fill in and you know to zeke's credit you know he's he's a little bit better than them so yeah go get zeke back i don't care figure it out put tony pollard back in his same role that he had last year and like let's see what this offense can do with a an elite defense that the cowboys do have right now so um this feels like the game that this offense should be capable of more weeks than not and we just don't see it from this offense for whatever reason like they just fall apart at times and it looks completely inept and then you have games like this where it's like why why can this not be the standard each and every week mccarthy that's all i got to say it's just it's just mccarthy like it just seems like that's what happens when he's at the helm um the offenses are it, it is what it is like you're going to have games like this and it's going to get you excited and then you're going to see what we've seen at like what three weeks prior where it's just been like meh like that's like <laughs> yeah like we we won thanks for thanks to our defense but we need to figure it out is Dak the qb of the future and it's like well is mccarthy the head coach of the future so um yeah like i think that's the real conversation here so last couple wide receivers to touch on before we we kind of finish things up here um qj actually had a had a role uh, that was kind of interesting to see again with with Mike Williams out. QJ is a quote unquote developmental guy where they th- felt like he was going to need some time in that offense. Is he wide receiver two on this team right now? Did he overtake Josh Palmer? I don't think that it's going to be week in and week out. I'd I'd like to see it for him, but I I need to see a little bit more than one week where I think he out targeted him five to two. Uh, yeah, I need I need a little bit more than one week to really lock myself into that QJ's taking over the role when I've seen two or three years of Josh Palmer do it. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, Josh, Palmer, I mean, it was even a six to four is actually really what the out target was. And, and QJ just had, you know, he had a couple nice broken tackles, you know, get him an open, get him in space and see if he can make some moves. But he had five for 50 to Palmer's three for 24. 
um, the real story of this offense. Eckler led the team in receiving, but uh, super inefficient on the ground. I, I was expecting this to be like the game, like the last couple of weeks. I mean, of course, they played Dallas, um, and I think they play who I forgot who they played before that, but it was like another tough, you know, run defense. And I was hoping this was going to be the one. He had 1.9 yards per carry. Again, that's not how you measure everything, but under two is not good. Um, so I, I, I want to see some more out of some Austin Eckler here. Yeah, but it doesn't matter whenever he goes seven for 94 and a touchdown through the air. You're not wrong. He, he lead the team in receiving, score a tutter, and you're a happy guy. So, yeah. Um, Just give me one yeah. or the other. Just don't give me both. As long as you don't do both bad things in one week, yes. then we're perfectly fine and happy. Exactly, exactly. So uh, last receiver I really wanted to to jump into or even just touch on kind of um, Josh Downs has looked, you know, looks good. He led the team in receiving. He's still not the, the lead guy. I mean, Michael Pittman still had 13 targets there. There's no doubt about it. But but Josh Downs is the two on this team. And, and he had nine targets, seven catches, 72 yards. He's he's been very good. Gardner Minshew has has really liked him, and there's been a lot of of stats that uh, I've seen weeks prior to this as well, where uh, Gardner Minshew like might actually be boosting Josh Downs's value because of how much that he looks his way. Um, so we'll see how those trends continue when A. Rich is back next year. But for the rest of season, I'm loving my Josh Downs hype right now. Where are you at with Josh Downs? I don't have any of them. I sold all of mine away before the season started. Um, he's been quietly very good, though. I don't. I feel like he hasn't gotten as much like hype in fantasy circles and streets to what his production has been. Maybe it is just because it's Gardner Minshew and not Anthony Richardson. But he's been he's been very good. He, he's just consistently giving you like that. He's he's giving you a really good slot receiver and in. in Current day NFL, you can use that in a lot of places. Whenever you can just get seven for seven each and every week, and then maybe put a touchdown on the top of it as well. Um, maybe maybe we get a maybe we get a Tyler Boyd career arc out of old Josh Downs, and I, I think that'd be pretty good for him. As much as that yeah. doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence to a lot of people, probably, but <laughs> it's a good it's a very good wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't mind Josh Downs at all. I do think that you know he's. Um, you know, he, when you're looking at like Trinity score and things like that, he's not going to knock your socks off. He, he's just a, a very mid player. Um, I think he's averaging like 12 points a game for, for PPR purposes. So, you know, he's, he's uh 5.3 for the Trinity score. So kind of looking at that, that kind of tracker again, he's not the lead target on his own team. It's still going to be Michael Pittman's, but Josh Downs can have a monster performance we, we saw it a, a couple weeks ago where he just was able to take the top off of defenses score some touchdowns make some big plays make those splash plays and that's what's exciting so um that's kind of what you expect i i do like him for rest of season if he can continue to get these like you know seven to, to ten target range for sure yeah he gives you a really nice floor so i've, yep. I've really liked what we've seen out of josh downs is that it at wide receiver? Because I don't have anything lined up at tight end. It's been a, a Dalton Kincaid uh, with a with a Knox injury. Dalton Kincaid two breakout weeks in a row, looking looking actually pretty good after we've started to kind of write him off. Yeah, I, I, again, there was like I, like I want to say there's no other tight end. What Quentin Morris was out again, and yep. and then of course uh, same thing with Dawson Knox. But yeah, I, I think. I think he's uh I think he's out there. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him and then you know you bring in Leonard Fournette to to actually protect the quarterback. I feel like that's kind of what you need as a tight end, you need the extra blocker. So uh 
Kincaid's perfectly fine in the pass catching role. And I think he just needs to to continue to develop as a blocker if he's going to stay like on the field, you know, frequently. Agreed. And then the last one that I really want to talk about here is Taysom Hill, who's potentially the best quarterback and the best running back on this team right now. Unreal. Like I, j- this was like the year that I kind of thought that Taysom Hill was going to die out, like not necessarily die out, but you know, just the first few weeks weren't anything special. And then all of a sudden here he is, he's out there throwing for 44 yards and he's leading the team in rushing. <laughs> and I mean, he's, he's doing it all. He had a catch as well. Like, I don't know, man. Like I, I think I'm sick and tired of Taysom Hill just because I have so much Alvin Kamara. I'm like, those two touchdowns on the ground don't belong to you. Like, stop. He's stealing. He's legitimately Alvin's a better rusher. He's a he's legitimately a better rusher between the tackles right now than Alvin Kamara. I, I yeah, because like they just wildcat him and just send him straight downhill. Like yeah, they're like, hey man, you're 250 pounds. Why don't you just go full steam ahead from wildcat? with with just a bunch of bodies in front of you and just plow through like yeah i mean he's 220 but i'm exaggerating here um yeah i'm just again it's frustrating at times but hey good good for you know take some hill and fantasy managers he just finds a way to get out there and be fantasy relevant if you have the dual designation you can plug him in i mean heck right now he's probably a better starter than all the all of the waiver guys that you're talking about with ripian and and uh and you know I don't want to say Wofford, Wolford, but um, <laughs> Trubisky and, and anyone that's out there right now, Jaron Hall, like, yeah, like, you know what? Fine. I'll play. I'll play some Taysom Hill at quarterback this week for him. Why the week that you do it? It'll be the week that he goes and has one, one touch the entire game. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what happens. So again, I'm typically where I own him is best ball, which is yep. why I love it. So fantastic. Uh, just just do good and and you'll play for me so um anything uh, any other tight ends anything else you want to touch on i mean we have a gross i don't say gross i guess kind of gross I'm, i guess i'm excited to see will levis but like gross thursday night game with what i'm pretty sure it's steelers and the uh, steelers titans yeah i'm excited i'm actually excited to see will levis uh, go out there yeah. and eat, eat you know eat his bananas and have the mayo in his coffee still that'll be that'll be a nice little pre-game because you know you know you're gonna see it with primetime game two we're gonna get a whole will levis breakdown before the game the old super bad quote people don't forget like you know you want people just to forget those things and it's never gonna die out so yeah no i think i'm more excited just to watch the titans play um, i don't really care about the steelers at all in this one like sure we'll see what kind of defensive performance they can put up but uh, not really all that excited about offense. No, but as we were talking through all these quarterbacks, I, I did think we might have to have another quarterback carousel episode because we were. Uh, we, <laughs> this, we were pro- this wasn't it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, this was not it. We we need to look at the quarterbacks ahead to 2024 yeah. and see which of these guys uh, are still would- be around. Still, who who's still got jobs? Where's people going? I think we got enough of the season. We we had a pretty damn good one last year. Whenever we did that. Was- we did it way ahead of the time too. I mean, I think we did it this time last year. We just started looking ahead, and, and it was it was you know predicting just kind of quarterback movement, trades, free agency moves, things like that. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of good conversation, but also a lot of good thought process because when you think about the quarterbacks that are in the league, um, and really are they going away? Are they just going to disappear? Those kinds of conversations. So it's very interesting to think about, especially with this upcoming quarterback class uh, in 2024, where you have guys like Caleb Drake May. Maybe there's a Michael Penix or a, a Quinn Ewers. Nothing too promising outside of the top two, I don't think. I mean, I guess there's some hope, but yeah, maybe they're a, a high-end second like Will Levis, and then they go out and throw four touchdowns. So um, 
yeah, you know, those types of games do happen. So, yeah, uh, quarterback carousel is definitely one I want to dive into. Anything else you want to touch on here before we wrap out? I'm all good, man. I think we, we got an episode that's under an hour and 20 minutes here if we can get out in the next two. So I think we, think we just got to try to hit it. that number. <laughs> With ads, it's going to be over. Um, so, so yeah, again, make sure you check out everything on DestinationDebbie.com. Uh, you you got to tap in. The Trinity tool, the, the Trinity tracker is so cool. Uh, obviously, war, we're, right now we're, we're mid-season, so this is really where war is going to be super helpful in kind of identifying those those different players that are out there that can be a benefit to you for the rest of the season um so make sure you do check out destinationdebbie.com be in the discord if you can get in heisman uh, hands down the best place to be to just transform your dynasty and your fantasy experience voice chat all the time non-stop contact to ray jay rich scott you know all of the the dti5 crew to us anyone that has anything to do with destination Devi, that is where it is happening so you gotta be there you gotta check it out again make sure you follow us on twitter at trophy chase tfdr at cody smith tfdr and you know thank you so much for joining us here on the overreaction podcast <laughs> <laughs>